You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast, and here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Tennis.com podcast, an Australian Open edition. I am Ed McGrogan, speaking with Steve Tigner, who's out in Melbourne, ready to go to uh, day seven, the fourth round of play. We're recording this just before just before that uh, gets started. Um, Steve, I wanted to actually touch upon matches you'll see tomorrow, two of the better fourth round uh, fourth rounders. Victoria Azarenka against Sloane Stevens, which is a rematch of last year's semifinal, and Federer and Joe Isongo, who also played last year and have played about a million other times, it seems like, um, you know, in Grand Slams and in Masters events. Um, let's kind of break those down and, you know, what you think about each match, maybe its outcome. I'll let you pick which one you want to begin with. Um, well, Vika and Sloan is the one that all, you know, a lot of people are talking about, especially American, um, the American press down here. Everyone tried to get a, a juicy quote from either Sloan or Azarenka yesterday because of their match here, their controversial match here last year. Sloan said, um, basically, even though they live in the same city and they have the same representation, the same agency, um, she described their relationship as non-existent, which probably tells you something in that, that, you know, they don't, there's no love loss. Um, and Vika was asked a, a lot of times to, yesterday, to talk about Sloan, um, and she sort of, each time she talked about it, she sort of froze up and just gave a very almost practiced answer about what a great player Sloan is and how much she's looking forward to the match. Like, she Clearly, clearly stiffened up a little. So, so there's definitely memories of of their match here last year. Yeah, so they so they definitely are going to save it for the court instead of the press room here. Clearly, um, you know, looking at looking at what these two have done thus far, I would actually say, you know, besides the ranking difference, of course, I think Azarenka comes into this actually with a pretty decided edge. Just uh, you know, on recent form, she won um, a pretty easy night match. One and O, and Sloan has had you know those instances of sort of laboring through matches where you know she beats the player that she's supposed to, of course, but maybe not in the fashion you'd prefer to see her do it. And so you know, coming into this match, it does look like Azarenka really has a pretty a pretty good handicap on her side, you know, as a as a favorite. Yeah, she's the better player. You know, she's a two-time defending champion. She's number two in the world. Sloan is still um, getting better slowly um, and still is inconsistent. But I think you have to say that Sloan has now kind of proven herself to be a Grand Slam player. I think some people, you know, she's, this is her fifth straight, fourth round at a Grand Slam. She doesn't seem to do much anywhere else. And I think people have been skeptical because she's gotten some good draws. And it is, it is true she gets some good draws at the Slams, and she's had a pretty good one here. But, but she plays better at these tournaments. Um, she, and the player she beat in the last round, Elena Svitolina, isn't well known, but she's a good young player, Sloan's age. That was a good win in its way. So I think she will challenge as a ranker. I think Sloan has the game really to play with with anybody if if she's right mentally. And I think she will be she will be up for this match for sure. I'm still picking Azarenka, of course. And uh, the men's match we uh, bring in this discussion here, Federer. And Sanga, um, you know, for for this tournament uh, through the first three rounds, this has been a breeze thus far for the the big four, and I'm I'm still including Roger Federer in there, and I'm still 
excluding Juan Martín del Potro from there until sort of proven otherwise. And, uh, you know, specifically as it relates to Federer, um, he's looked very sharp through his first three matches, um, but so is Sanga. Sanga's come in, and this is kind of the time of the tournament where over the past you know, year or so, it's really been where Federer has shown, you know, the difference between the Federer of old and the, you know, the modern day Federer has shown itself. And, you know, Sanga is a player who's beaten Federer at slams before. He's done it at Wimbledon and at last year's French Open. So um, this will be a very, you know, obviously a, a tough match for both guys, but certainly for Federer. Yeah, they played a really good match here. One of the matches of the year. Last year here, the Federer won in five. Um, Songa played well enough and then just sort of lost belief in the fifth set. Since then, he's beaten him at the French Open. I think this is a big match for Songa. You know, we've talked about Songa's had big matches for years, whether he's going to take the next step, etc. But this is another one because really he, um, I feel like he should win this match, even though Federer is obviously the more famous and even higher ranked player. I think Joe's, if he's ever going to move forward more, he should win this match. He's, he took a step past Federer at the French Open last year. He played well in that match. He beat Roger pretty easily on clay, not Joe's favorite surface. Um, Federer, I think, does feel rejuvenated with Edberg. He seems to be really upbeat and physically fine. But in the past couple of years, he's played really well here early and still lost still lost eventually, and it looked like maybe he was going to win the tournament and then didn't. So I guess I will pick Federer because just of who he is, and he will probably usually beat Sanga. But I feel like Joe, for his own career, should win this match. So it sounds like you talked yourself out of a Sanga pick, but uh, but I, I see what you're saying the, there for sure. Percentages, I'll just take Federer. Yeah, <laughs> we, we could have just yeah started just at the top like that. Is. Yeah, it's... Um... You know, I, I think Sanga, you know, like Burdich, you know, those are players who we are realistically, you know, even though they've both reached Grand Slam finals, we are kind of still waiting for the 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 build up build upon from you know those earlier successes, and um, you know, it's at this point in the slams, you know, I, I talk about this point in the slam being sort of pivotal for Federer. It's really at these stages of the slams where you know a lot is sort of learned about players like Sanga as well. Um, you know, the winner of this match in all likelihood is going to get Andy Murray. Murray gets um, a lucky loser in the fourth round, which is incredible. Um, Stefan Robert. And um, yeah, I actually just want to ask you a little bit about Murray because we haven't talked about him a lot. We haven't written about him um, too much this week. You know, he's this is, this is for all intents and purposes, his first action back since he um you know pulled out of last season after the open you know how has murray looked to you and you know this is clearly a service that he's done fantastic on he's reached you know many finals and you know has is clearly a contender here when healthy yeah it almost felt like at the beginning of this tournament that murray was it was like a, a new murray sort of a an act two for him he you know he has one wimbledon now he had the back surgery he hasn't played for a while he looked a little different, looked a little thinner, and, and it just looked like all right, here's, he's starting sort of a new career, and you weren't sure how it was going to go this tournament. He didn't sound as confident, just because of the lack of match play, he didn't sound as confident as maybe he usually does, but he's been fine. He's been 
he's been really good. He's done exactly what he needed to do. He's had a hasn't had a tough draw, but he won twenty three straight points um, in one of the matches. Uh, yeah, to end to to end the match actually. To end the match, once he got down, he just decided it was I'm against not, uh, Milo. Uh, I'm not losing this set. Yeah. Um, and so now he plays Robert, probably win that, and then he'll play. He'll finally get a real match. Um, the winner of Federer and Song. I, you know, he seems to bounce back as you know as well as you can expect, and I think he'd be the favorite probably against either of those players in the in the quarters. Let's um let's close with some you know some players that uh, are are not going to be playing in the in the coming days here for the most part. You know, we have one possible exception. And this is the Australian players, and it's you know it's been quite a first week as it relates to Australia in general. When you talk about the heat, of course, but most of the stories you know that have come come out of this tournament and have really resonated have dealt with the successes and failures of the Aussie players. Tomich and Hewitt go down in round one, um, you know, both clearly in opposite ways. And then you have really the new breed of, of players advancing to round two and, you know, getting a lot of, you know, I think well-deserved publicity, you know, certainly the hype machine a little bit for, uh, you know, players that are 17, 18 year old. But yeah, as you saw and wrote about, you know, in, in Nick's match in Margaret Court Arena, it was, you know, it was such a scene there. And, you know, it was really, I think, to me, you know, watching stateside, one of the one of the big themes of the first week was just Australian tennis. Yeah, I think the week started with the excitement, maybe somewhat manufactured, was Pat Rafter was going to play doubles again. Right. 41 Pat Rafter, so you had this sort of let's bring back the past. But then that was completely forgotten by the time Nick Kyrgios, 18-year-old, and, and Kokonakis, 17-year-old, reached the reached the second round, and especially Kyrgios, um, played so well and showed such a star quality against Benoit Paire. It was almost a changing of the changing of the guard because you had Bernard Tomic, who's sort of the, he's the heir, has been the heir apparent. He, he was booed off the court after, after um, defaulting against Nadal because of what didn't really look like an injury. I'm sure it was, but not to the crowd. And they were, you know, people were pretty disappointed. I think by that here, and I think people wonder now whether, when, have more doubts about Tomic's future. Suddenly, then the next day, you have Kyrgios, who is completely the opposite, won't leave the court no matter what, and really seems to really want to be a to be a champion, to be a star. And um, suddenly, Australian tennis was back again. You know, the the Rafter thing was forgotten, the Tomic thing was forgotten, even Leighton Hewitt was forgotten a little bit. And you had a lot of people talking about Kyrgios as, as, as a guy who isn't just a good, a solid player, but has something you know, special star-wise and sort of ambition-wise. Um, so I think you know, people were really excited about that. And it just seems like suddenly something really new has happened in Australian tennis. Yeah, and um, you know, the, the last, like I referenced, the last hope of theirs for uh, to continue on will actually play Later tonight, Casey Delacqua gets a, uh, a well-deserved night match there. You know, she, her uh, result will be in, I'm sure, by the time you're all listening to this. But um, 
Hey, it, it's you know, it's a, it was a surprising week for for the country in that respect. I mean, you know, even Delacqua made it farther than Sam Stozer. I mean, Stozer was never picked to, to you know to go deep here based on her past history. But it's been a I think a pleasant surprise. Even Stozer herself just reaching the third round for you know for the yeah, Aussies. One, one thing about Delacqua I thought was interesting is just you know she's twenty eight years old and has never done that much, but she's almost seems to me to be a case of someone who. Um, takes some of these other people's stories of, of getting better later in their careers, of hanging on and then, you know, having, having good, having success, at, you know, close to 30 years old. It seems like Delacqua has, has sort of, you know, in the things she's said, she's, she's been inspired by that. So um, we'll she, see if she can keep that going. Yeah, we will, uh, we will see. So um let you get to day seven starts in a few minutes and we will be back next time on the podcast uh thank you for listening everyone and check out steve's reports from melbourne on tennis.com talk next time you've been enjoying tennis.com's weekly podcast thanks for listening for all the latest news and events head over to tennis.com 